And then the other thing I think that sets an intrepid trip apart is that you're really doing something that you feel a little nervous about. If you're feeling like this is just going to be total smooth sailing, you're not going on an adventure. If you're looking to push the envelope a little bit and do some exciting things, I think it's good to feel a little bit nervous. Last year, we went to Borneo with our family and our kids. You're listening to Mary Ann Thompson from Rome Family Travel. And today on Family Travel Radio, Mary Ann and I are going to be talking about intrepid family vacations and what sets those intrepid family adventures apart from other types of vacations. Mary Ann's going to be talking about how you can take your kids off the beaten path and find opportunities for shared adventure and growth with your family. Ready? All right, here we go. My name is Emmy. Wait, I need that. <laughs> My name is Emmy. Emmy. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so pressure. Okay, no, okay. No, no, no. Here you go. Fun. I have an idea. My name is Emmy, and I'm from Carmichael, California, and Family Travel Radio is on the air. Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air, helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Well, hey there once again, my friend. It's Aaron Schlein here, and welcome back to Family Travel Radio, your go-to podcast for incredible destinations, amazing experiences, and life-changing family adventures. Like I said in the intro, we're talking intrepid family trips today on Family Travel Radio, and you are going to love our featured guest. Her name is Marianne Thompson from Rome Family Travel, and Marianne has traveled the world as a backpacker, as a business person, as an expat and perhaps most rewarding as a mother. Marianne knows that the best travel advice comes from friends who have been there, which is why she founded Rome Family Travel. And today, you're going to hear from a friend who has been there. That's Marianne Thompson from Rome Family Travel, and my chat with Marianne is coming up in just a quick minute. Just a quick word before we get to my chat with Marianne. I want to thank you if you've already taken the couple of moments to complete the Family Travel Radio listener survey that I've mentioned in several recent episodes. If you have completed the survey, then you've received a personal thank you video from me, and I wanted to share a quick story about one of those videos. A listener in Germany named Claudia submitted her survey this past Wednesday, which happened to be the day when I was in the studio editing this week's episode. I shot a thank you video for Claudia, just like I have for anyone who completes the survey. But since I was in the studio, I decided to include a quick look behind the scenes, a look into my home studio and a little bit about what goes into producing an episode of Family Travel Radio. And although I hadn't planned on doing that, it was just kind of a spontaneous thing I did in the moment. It turned out really cool and it was a lot of fun. So much fun, in fact, that I'm going to offer a similar video for anyone who completes the survey this coming week. So if you haven't already completed the survey, get it in to me by this Friday, that's June the 21st, and I'm going to send you a personal video made just for you with a look behind the curtain here at Family Travel Radio. Now you can find the survey over at aaronschlein.com slash survey. That's my personal website. Your responses go directly to me. That's aaronschlein.com slash survey survey. And you can find the link in the show notes and in the episode description in whatever podcast app you might be listening on. You'll find a link that'll take you directly to that survey. Now that address again is aaronschlein.com slash survey. That's double A-R-O-N-S-C-H-L-E-I-N.com slash survey. 
Well, hello there, my friend, and welcome to Family Travel Radio. Aaron Schlein here. We are recording right now in my hometown of Sacramento, California, at the Milagro Center, actually in Carmichael, California. Very pleased to be recording live and in person with Marianne Thompson from Rome Family Travel. Marianne, welcome to Family Travel Radio. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, let's get into your bio real quick, and then we're going to chat about Rome and everything you got going on, and we're going to talk intrepid family travel. So after a long career as a journalist, traveler, and mom, Marianne Jones-Thompson founded Rome Family Travel to publish real details about the good and the not-so-good details of real family trips, most specifically the type that the Family Travel Association refers to as, quote, intrepid, end quote, family travel, unique, active, independently planned adventures with kids. Marianne, I love that you're sharing the not so good details of real family trips. Tell me about that. Thanks, Aaron. It's pretty funny, actually. Sometimes I'm sure you've had this experience where you see a photo on Instagram or a photo in a magazine. You're like, oh my God, that never really happened. Like the children's hair is combed, their shorts are pressed, their shirt and their shoes match. And you're like, oh my God, where are those children from? And what planet is that family travel happening on? Because As you know and I know, family travel is all about getting out there, getting dirty, having a great time together, but it's not necessarily always a super smooth process. So give me an example of some time where you've been walking the walk and just sharing that that down and dirty. One funny thing that we do is we look at family travel photos and we had this family travel best family travel photo contest that we ran in January, working with a professional photographer that judged a lot of these Instagram entries that we received. And what we saw was that some of the best photos were the kookiest ones. You know, they were the funny ones where the kids had the super gaudy, the boys always have those gaudy shorts and the gaudy socks and the gaudy shirt and the baseball cap and they're making a sour face. And so I think some of that stuff rings a lot truer to a lot of family travelers than the super polished stuff that is out there a lot of the time in the, the established travel media. Marianne, you're speaking my, my language when you're talking about sharing the real and what's that's what's appealing to me. So why do you think it is that these folks often feel compelled to have these beautifully curated Instagram feeds when we sort of know from experience that it's the real, the down and the dirty that actually gets people's attention. To be honest, as a parent, you know that like sometimes you just don't want to see a kid laying on the floor crying like in a magazine. That's something that you saw earlier that day when your child didn't want to put their shoes on to go to school or something like you don't need to see that in a magazine. But at the same point, there's a feeling that I have heard over the years of talking to parents who travel. And that's something that like, oh, my kids fight. So why should I spend money to take them on the road and fight? Or my kids don't like to visit museums. So why would I take them? So I think that that idea of having not an exactly perfect time sometimes actually serves as a deterrent to people because they're looking at these pictures on social media and in in the press to saying like, oh, everyone else is having a perfect time and I know my kids aren't going to be perfect, so I'm not going to bother wasting my money to go. What you just said there is absolutely worth repeating and I'm going to, I'm going to sum it up a little bit because I know that even as a travel advocate, a family travel advocate in the position I'm in here, I have many of those same thoughts that run through my head very regularly. I see sometimes, I see a trip as taking, taking the show on the road and sometimes <laughs> that's an ugly show. <laughs> I love that folks like you and then more and more people, I think, over time, hopefully, are, are going to be willing to share the realities of family travel. I know I have an opportunity to do that coming up 
where I'm taking my, my family to London and I'm working the social media feed for the FTA. And I, I'm absolutely committed. I say this now, Marianne, and you can call me out <laughs> if I don't follow through, but I'm committed like exactly the way you said, the good, the not so good. And I'll even go as far as to say the ugly of, of what we're going to do when I take my kids overseas for the first time in about three weeks. That's so exciting. And I'm super psyched that you're sharing that because yeah, the whole spirit behind your podcast of like discovering the possibilities of family travel is something that we really believe in at Rome. And what is cool is when you're able to share the details of a real trip with other people and they see that, oh, actually that guy's kid had an hour long tantrum. Um, and if my kid has an hour long tantrum, I'm still in a more beautiful place and a more interesting place for me and my kids having a tantrum. So it is like you said, taking the show on the road and like setting your expectations accordingly that your experience is not going to look like the Instagram pictures you might have seen. As you were as you were saying that, you painted a picture in my head. I'm imagining like an hour long Facebook live of a kid having a tantrum. <laughs> and then I think about the potential you know, harm that could do later down the road. It would make a heck of a wedding video though for that <laughs> child someday. That's true. And also nobody really wants to see that per se, but I just remember going to Australia um, with my kids when they were about uh, 10 and 12 and we were at the Sydney Opera House of course someplace I've always wanted to go it was a beautiful day and we're walking up the stairs and my kids were literally like shoving each other all the way up the stairs and there was this sun coming down in between those amazing peaks of the Opera House and all I could see was my kids smacking each other like going up the stairs and my husband and I were just like ready to explode and it was just like okay now is that what I really remember from the whole experience in Australia no but I do remember that specific thing going okay we gotta let people know that like it's it is going to be taking the show on the road but it's still going to be an awesome experience and that's not going to be your main memory from the trip and don't underestimate the joy that those stories will bring years down the road like the one you just told <laughs> it's true I know I've been a part of them I've been the child in those stories and I'm sure I'm going to be the parent in the stories starting here real real soon so Marianne we're going to get into Rome and intrepid travel and and kind of everything that you're all about but first take a minute go back go back in your memory as far as you can just tell me about the impact that travels had on your life up to this point I was thinking about that because I grew up as a really traditional family traveler of the 70s and 80s. My family took one week every summer and we loaded up the car from our house in LA and we went to Lake Tahoe. We went to Oregon. We went to um, Rosarito Beach in Mexico. We went somewhere for a week. We swam in a pool. We ate picnic lunches. We played cards at night. And my sister, brother, and I were all telling you it was like super awesome memories. Like we loved it. We never got on a plane. We never went to Hawaii. We never did an intrepid jungle adventure. Uh, we had an awesome time. And so from that, I learned that so much of family travel is really about together time. Doesn't have to be expensive. Doesn't have to be international. Um, and so from there, I started traveling when I went to college and met people who liked to be a lot of people were backpacking Europe and stuff. And I got to take a couple little trips but the thing that really changed me was I was working at the Los Angeles Times after college, and a lot of the executives there were coming back from stints in um, Singapore, Hong Kong, China, Japan, and they were like, don't go backpack in Europe, go pack back in Southeast Asia. It's awesome. And so this was at the time when Lonely Planet on a shoestring was really taking off, or, or had taken off. And so some friends and I, including my current husband, we spent five, six years over there working, traveling, running around, living in different places, um, working for different magazines, and then saving up money and, 
ended up settling in San Francisco and working in the technology industry, which then allowed us to move away from the shoesting budget. We were able to stay and, you know, go on business trips and stay in hotels and take taxis and buy hotels for ourselves or even resorts, you know? So we were able to see the whole spectrum of travel and just loved every minute of it. And so ever since then, um, my husband and I have made it a huge point to take our kids as well. And I think that's where a lot of people, a lot of family travelers are coming from these days, especially intrepid family travelers, because they've traveled a lot when they were younger and they want to have their kids have the same experience. A theme you had going there is one that I've been very fascinated with lately. And that is really the the ratcheting up of the family trips as the years go by. If you look at, okay, this is where I want, I would like to see my kid at, at 18 or at 21. Okay, right now my kids are three and six. What can I do today that would take that first step that we can build on year after year when they get to 18, 21, that they're just fully present world citizens and just can go off and just do, do the things they want to do as travelers. And then my wife and I hopefully can look back and say, yeah, we did them. We did them yeah, right. Yeah, we did it. You know, my kids are now teenagers in high school. And I remember my son got a really poor grade in geography. And I was like, dude, like, come on. The only thing we made a priority was traveling, you know, but he still didn't manage to do very well in geography. So I say, and people are like, oh, it opens their worlds and makes them better students of the world. You know, they're still primarily, you know, 90% of the time going to be in your neighborhood where you're living with their friends. And so travel is only one experience of their existence. But if you're able to make it a priority and you're able to take them different places, there's no way that anyone can take that away from them. And they will always be able to refer back to that. And another friend of mine pointed out when my kids were your kids' age, and they said, to me, basically like, oh, you like traveling? Well, you better get on it because there's only a very small window of years where your kids are old enough to go and have fun and they're young enough to want to go and still hang out with you. So take advantage of the years that when your kids are that age to show them what fun traveling can be as a family. And then if you get your kids to be 16 and 18, no matter how cool they are, they still think, oh, okay, I can make time for my parents to take me to Panama or make take me to Indonesia or take me to Croatia. Like that's still going to be cool. And I'll still go along just, you know, even if it's not the coolest thing my friends think, you know? Well, I mean, obviously depends on your definition of cool, but <laughs> I, I traveled with my grandmother as a teenager, actually started when I was 12 years old, took several trips with her throughout my teens. And she and I continued to travel overseas until I was 23, I think was our oh last, God, our last awesome. trip overseas. And yeah, it wasn't even... I didn't give it a second thought when she said, Hey, you know, what, how about a trip? It was, where are we going? Go. Where are we going this time? Grandma didn't, didn't, didn't think twice about it. So cool. And that's what you can do for your kids. I think is teach them. It can be really, really special and really, really fun. And even if they don't necessarily give you the credit you, you deserve right away, <laughs> it'll, it'll come and we don't, we don't parent for credit. Maybe, no, maybe right. we do. I don't know. I wish we could. I'm still in the early days. I don't, you know, I'm still, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, you know, I'm six years in, I've got nine combined years of parenting between the two kids and I still feel like I don't know what the hell I'm doing half the time. Yeah. It doesn't get any better. I think that's true. <laughs> so let's, let's transition. First of all, so we're going to get, let's get into Rome. But first of all, there's a word that's come up several times. I mentioned it in the intro in quotes and that word is intrepid traveler. Let's let's get that word out of quotes and okay. let's just define it clearly for everybody. Now, what does that what, mean to you? What's cool is that the Family Travel Association does an annual family travel survey with NYU and they ha survey American and I think Canadian travelers too now and they 
figure out a lot of stuff about the market. And what's obvious to all of us is that there's millions and millions of family travelers out there and that they're all going and doing different things for different reasons. Um, so they created a segmentation which uh, breaks the family travelers into three groups. One of them is kind of out for relaxation and convenience. One of them is out for like really focused on safety and caution and just making sure they're doing a good trip for their kids, but they're staying safe. And then there's a third group of travelers called the intrepid that they call the intrepid travelers. And there's a few things that are different about them. One thing is that they are most, I think they were most likely to be travelers prior to becoming parents. They're also planning independently versus maybe using a travel agent or booking a tour. They like to go new places every year. And also one interesting thing is that they're not so worried about money. A lot of family travelers are very concerned with budget and money. This group is not as concerned with budget and money as they are with getting value for the money that they spend. They go somewhere cheap or they go somewhere expensive, but they want it to be worth their time because they they value travel over material expense um, possessions. And they realize that family trips are kind of like honeymoons. You don't have that many. You can only take a few of them. So you want to make sure each one counts. Making it count. That seems to be kind of the, the metric, if you will, of, of how you evaluate a trip. What makes that trip worthwhile for the intrepid traveler? There's a few things that we talk about at Rome. When we're choosing a story to go on our site and share the details of it with our readers, we feel like there's a few things. First of all, does a parent want to go? And sometimes I think when people talk about family travel, they assume that it has to be where the kid wants to go. Maybe I'm nasty, but I think the parents are paying and the parents are the travelers and they know what they want to do. So I think it's fair for the parent to want to go somewhere. I have a friend who's really excellent gourmet and she always said, I really want to take my kids to the Rhine River Valley and go and I want to go wine tasting there. And I'm like, go. Like, do they have pools? Do they have parks? Could you take an AMA waterways river cruise? Like no kid is going to have a bad time. Um, it, as long as they're under like a cranky adolescent age, they're really just wanting to be with you. So they'll be happy wherever you are. And then the second thing I think is different is that I, in our experience, it's nice to go somewhere that's new for everyone. Um, we started out traveling kind of like you're doing, where you're taking your kids somewhere that you've been before so that they can experience it and you know they'll have a good time. It'll be a little bit easier to start as a, an international destination. And then you branch out. And the best trips we've had have been the ones where everyone is doing something for the first time together. And it becomes more like a tribe. And you know how you travel and you're like, oh, there's little challenges to overcome. You experience these amazing things. And nobody else is there. It's just the four or five or six of you. And it's amazing. And then the other thing I think that sets an intrepid trip apart or a family adventure apart from a family vacation is that you're really doing something that you feel a little nervous about. Um, I was listening to you describe your trip to London going, okay, I think there's going to be some issues. And it's like, if you're feeling like this is just going to be total smooth sailing, you're not going on an adventure. That's fine if that's what you want. But if you're looking to push the envelope a little bit and do some exciting things, I think it's good to feel a little bit nervous. Last year, we went to Borneo with our family and our kids are older and we've been a bunch of places, but I still got nervous for a bunch of reasons, but mainly because uh, America's not the most popular country in the world these days and Borneo's a very, you know, 95% Muslim country. I was a little bit nervous about how we would be received and couldn't have been more wrong. People couldn't have been more amazing and lovely. And in fact, the people were the best part of that trip. So I think it's just a learning experience even now, 20 years in, like I'm 
still learning something all the time when I travel with my kids. Marianne, you're preaching to the to the choir with me in, in that conversation, but let's for a minute let's pretend like that's not the case. You you encounter someone who just isn't willing to to take that leap and put themselves out there, like the Borneo example. I, I just can't I can't do it. It's it's unsafe. There's no way. They, what do you tell a person like that? How do you how do you talk to them? Well, one of the things that I think all travelers around the world are are dealing with right now is over tourism, and. I think over-tourism is ruining a lot of vacations right now. And any place that's popular in the world is going to be extremely, extremely crowded. And crowds are the only reason why anyone doesn't want to go to a Disneyland, right? You love Disneyland. You'd go every single day if there weren't a million lines to wait in. So crowds aren't great generally. A couple of years ago, I was able to go to the Trevi Fountain for the first time. I had been when I was younger, but it was closed for remodeling or something. So we went. The, the line, the, It was spring, and it was still... Um, the, the crowds were about 10 to 15 people deep around the entire thing. And we stayed near there, so we know that that was the case until about 11 o'clock at night. And so that's an okay experience, but in general, especially with kids, they don't really want to wait in lines. They don't want to be in crowds. They can't see over people's shoulders. And so what I try to pitch people on is that you can go to Europe, you can go to Italy and have an amazing Italian experience Without going to the Trevi Fountain, you can go to Sicily, for example, instead of going to Rome. You can go to Milos instead of going to Santorini. Um, there are all kinds of places around the world that you can just move one town over and you'll have an amazing experience. I think it's a bummer when you actually you know, go to Bali and you don't actually see any Balinese people. You're mostly seeing tourists or anywhere for that matter, because the people are the thing that really separates a great experience from one that's just kind of a tourism experience. So that's one thing um, I think resonates with a lot of travelers these days is trying to get a way to get off the beaten path in a way that's safe for your family, but also more interesting for everyone and more pleasurable for anybody, everybody involved. What's that What's that little nudge that you can give parents who just can't get out of their own heads, whether it's whether they're concerned about safety or just their own comfort? I mean, just coming from your experience, knowing the power of these trips, the impact that it's going to have on the parents and the kids, you know, what's that, what's that elevator pitch that you can get to just push somebody over the hump? Well, unfortunately, I'm of the belief that America is one of the most dangerous places in the world to live now for kids. It's a huge bummer, but... You know, my kids have lockdown drills in the suburbs in a pretty you know, nice place of California. So I'm not uh, saying that you should, you know, go to a war zone or something. But very often somewhere like Borneo is a much safer place than maybe where um, a lot of families live in America. But that aside, one of the things I think is cool is if you think about how you're starting your trip, uh, your kids international traveling, you're going to London, you've been to London before, you know London, that's a comfortable place for you. You might go there and you're going to do a bunch of stuff that you've done before, but you're going to do a bunch of new stuff and you're going to do stuff that's appropriate for your kids and you're going to have an amazing time. Um, there's a couple other ways I think that are easy for people to do. Like what friend, what cousin do you have that is living in France, that is living in Panama, that is living in South Africa, that is living in Singapore? How can you, I can guarantee you having lived overseas that whoever lives overseas is happy to have a visitor. And you email that person and say, hey, could we come and 
do some stuff near you. Hey, maybe we stay in Singapore a few nights, you show us around, and then we branch out. We hop over to Bali. We hop up to um, Penang or Bangkok. There's super easy ways to land in a place, get comfortable, and then move on. Um, and then the other great, great way to take a new type of trip and push your horizons is to work with a tour company or to work with a travel agent that specializes in adventurous, active, outdoor, unique family travel. There is a whole bunch of Family Travel Association members and other uh, groups around the world that are happy, happy, happy to coordinate a trip for you somewhere. And then after you've been there, then you're like, hey, maybe I can do the next one on my own. Or maybe you're like, you know what? They really know what they're doing. I'm going to do the next one with that group and have another great experience. So much, uh, so much inspiring food for thought here so far in this, in this interview. So let's take it into Rome and how are you, you're taking really just bottling up this knowledge and expertise that you're sharing with me right now in person, bottling it up and serving it to the world through Rome family travel. So tell me more about Rome and how you're serving those family travelers out there. Well, what's cool is that um, I live near San Francisco and there's a large community of intrepid family travelers there. And what we found was that we were sharing a lot of information via email. You know, someone would get back from some cool place and be like, oh, hey, you know, send me an email. Where did you go? You know, um, and uh, we would create these really long emails with all the details. Now, that mother or that father who just went on this trip, maybe they're a lawyer, maybe they're a doctor, maybe they're a business person, maybe they're just an awesome, you know, mom during the day, but they did a ton of research to get to the trip that they took. So they always, they generally were working with people who are independently planning their stuff. So they must have read all these different blogs, all these different magazines, all these newspaper articles, all these tour company stuff. And they've come with up this amazing itinerary that their family experienced. And then they thought, oh, hey, we should have stayed three nights there. We should have not gone there. That was not as good as we thought. And actually the kids totally hated that place when we thought they were going to totally love it. Whatever it is, they would write these emails. And so I thought, wouldn't it be cool? Like someone's already done like a whole ton of groundwork. Let's just publish that. And my background is publishing in a variety of different ways, print and online. So I said, I can do this. So I started sort of a blog on the side a couple years ago, a few years ago, and then really took it to the next level this year where we've really ramped up our content production, networking with parents around the world. You know, American parents don't travel like this as much, but a lot of global families are doing all these amazing things. And really, those people who want to share those details, they send me an email. We either write the article together or they write the article. We get some of their awesome pictures because, as you know, everyone these days takes awesome pictures and we get them up on the site. So what's cool is we think it is still a little bit difficult for families to get inspiration to take these more adventurous trips. So... The editors of Rome and the contributors have come up with 19 trips for 2019, and we've compiled them into the Rome 2019 Family Travel Planner. And it's available now in print. And what that has is details of more than 50 trips that families really took and really paid for and the ups and downs of those trips and the details of how you as a family could reproduce them. 
We are adventuring right now as we speak right here in Carmichael, California. We're, in, we're doing this interview outside amongst the palm trees. It's a gorgeous day, but the trucks are going the by. The truck went by. Sorry about that. So anyway, what we think is cool about that is people will be able to sift through and say, hey, Croatia looks awesome to me. Hey, diving in Micronesia, that looks awesome to me. Hiking in Patagonia, I'd rather do that. Or maybe I want to take my, my parents and my kids to Catalina and do all the amazing things that are there. So we have trips all around the world, far and near, expensive and cheap, of all different types that people have kind of pushed the boundaries and made some interesting new ground that we think would be cool to share with other family travelers. So many opportunities out there and there's so many families that are out there doing it and, and learning the lessons and then writing them down and then and so other folks can learn from their experiences and I appreciate you doing that. I intend to do the same in my family and it's just a, it's a really special time to to be part of this family travel world. There's so many opportunities and so many great folks out there like yourself doing amazing things. So just remember my friends out there in podcast land that taking your kids off the beaten path is absolutely possible. It delivers on an opportunity for shared adventure and growth throughout the years. We've been chatting with Marianne Thompson from Rome Family Travel, and you can check out that Rome 2019 Family Planner over at RomeFamilyTravel.com. It's spelled just the way it sounds, RomeFamilyTravel.com. Marianne Thompson, thanks so much for taking some time to come up and visit me in Sacramento and chat on Family Travel Radio. It was awesome, Aaron. Thank you so much. And if anyone is interested in contributing the details of one of their family adventures to Rome, just email me, Marianne, M-A-R-Y-A-N-N, at RomeFamilyTravel.com because we'd love to hear more cool trips that people are taking when they're pushing the boundaries with their kids. Well, all right. And with your permission, Marianne, we'll link up your email address there at FamilyTravel.org slash radio so folks can get in touch easily. Thank you so much. Nice. All right. Well, yes, indeed, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to Family Travel Radio. Really hope you enjoyed my chat with Marianne from Rome Family Travel. As always, the notes for this episode, everything Marianne and I talked about, you're going to find links over at familytravel.org slash radio. All right, my friend, have yourself a fantastic week. Don't forget to complete that listener survey over at aaronschlein.com forward slash survey. And I will see you next week. Aaron Schlein for Family Travel Radio. I am signing off.